but this whole incident was just so difficult for me to really wrap my head around. So if you have been sexually assaulted yourself, just know that you are not to blame. I don't care what happened. I don't care how short your skirt was. I don't care if you thought you wanted it at first and then changed your mind. I don't care what drugs, alcohol was in your system. It is not your fault. It is never, ever your fault. And I needed to figure that out for myself. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Perfectly Broken Podcast. Just like the Japanese art of Kintsugi, we're not trying to hide the cracks of our broken past, but rather highlight those struggles with gold. I will be vulnerable, real, and raw with y'all as we figure out how we can turn the damaged pottery of our lives into stunning works of art that are even more beautiful than we ever thought possible. y'all welcome back to the perfectly broken podcast so today's episode is going to be heavy i am going to share with y'all more about the sexual assault my first rape so trigger warning here that it is going to get kind of graphic i want to give you guys a real idea of what happened, what I went through, what I experienced, the thoughts that I went through, the lessons that I've learned through it. So please, if you are someone who has been sexually assaulted yourself, this might be too heavy for you, too triggering. If that's the case, go ahead and skip this episode. Find something lighter, more fun, like, you know, the childhood molestation one. That's super fun. Or like, yeah, there are some lighter ones for sure. So go ahead and search those because there are plenty other things to choose from. And I don't want to subject you to reliving any of your own traumas through this episode. So again, major, major trigger warning here. And if you are someone who has been sexually assaulted, please know that there is a national sexual assault hotline that is available 24 hours. And the number to reach that is 1-800-656-4673. And I will go ahead and include that in the show notes as well. If that is something that you even have to consider, then I am so sorry. Just know that you are not alone and everything that you're going through, all of the emotions surrounding it are totally valid. That's something that unless you've experienced sexual assault yourself, then you'll never truly understand. And I pray, I pray that that's the case for you. As someone who has been raped by three different guys and sexually harassed at practically every job that I've been through, I ended up having to quit my successful engineering uh, career simply because of the sexual harassment. I was in oil and gas and that is a, you know, rough and tough boys world. I'll do a whole podcast episode on that because that is a story in itself why I left that industry that is kind of mind-blowing if you really dive into it. 
first of all, I'll go ahead and share what happened to me, and then I'll share what the responses I got recently and give you some tips on how to handle it if someone comes to you and tells you that they've been sexually assaulted because that's such a touchy subject and it's not something that we are really taught how to handle, how to support someone. I want to provide some tangible tips on how to support someone if they feel comfortable enough and safe enough to reveal that sort of thing to you. So let's see, I was in college and I had just graduated from my inpatient eating disorder treatment center. I was doing fantastic. I thought I had my whole life in front of me. I was in recovery, thriving, loving life. And I had kept in contact with this guy who I thought was a great like Christian guy. He was so supportive. He was one of the few people that I actually revealed to about the fact that I was in an inpatient treatment center. I was still so ashamed of my eating disorder. I did not talk about it with anyone. It was my deep, dark secret. You know, I actually didn't tell anyone really about it until just a couple of years ago when I finally shared it on social media and that was a huge step in the right direction for my recovery but back then it was my deep dark secret that I did not tell anyone so I really trusted this guy I thought he was a good guy you know and I told him about it we wrote letters I wasn't allowed to have a phone in my treatment center and so he was so cute well <laughs> I thought he was so cute and like we would write handwritten letters to each other and um, we just had a good connection I thought so I left my treatment center and went back to college and I was doing really well and we even went to at Texas A&M there is a Christian ministry called Breakaway that was incredible it was such a powerful ministry that was so welcoming and just I got so much out of it so he and I attended this Christian ministry together and he was you know this great guy and all of that and we went to a party at his frat house one time and I was never a big drinker in college. I mean, I was never a big drinker in general, but especially like I drank more when I was underage illegally than I did like once I hit 21, I kind of was over it to an extent. So I would still go to parties and I would carry around my red solo cup and half the time it was just with water just to shut people up, have them leave me alone about wanting, like pressuring me to drink. And then sometimes it would just be like a little bit of vodka water or something because I didn't drink beer. So I maybe had one drink at this party and he had driven me there. And next thing I know, we are at his place again. And I had had a crush on him. Like, don't get me wrong, I definitely had a crush on this guy. And so next thing I know, we were like making out downstairs and he knew that I was a virgin and that I was waiting for, I wasn't waiting till marriage, but I was waiting for my first love. I thought of 
sex as sacred and I wanted it to be special. I wanted to wait until the right guy came along. And he was well aware of all of that. So we are making out downstairs and then things just went black and I couldn't really move my body. I couldn't really think straight and I started to realize that I had been drugged. Now, I don't know if it was this guy that actually drugged me or someone else at the frat that thought they were going to be able to rape me or I really don't know. It's hard to process that because I really, I thought I was a good judge of character and it's hard for me to believe that this guy could have been that bad that he could have pre-planned this and drugged me. I really don't know who drugged me, but I'd like to think that it wasn't him and that he just took advantage of it. So next thing I know, we are upstairs in his bed and this is very spotty. Like I'm honestly, it was a blessing in hindsight that I had been drugged because I just have little bits and pieces of my memory, but I don't have to relive the trauma, every detail, every smell, every sound. Like that is all black for me. I don't remember hardly any of it. But one thing that I do remember is that next thing I knew we were on his bed and I realized I was naked and I knew I did not want to have sex and I couldn't move my body. I couldn't really think straight. I couldn't fight him off. All I remember is saying no, 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 no over and over again. Just no, no, no. I didn't want this, you know, but I couldn't do anything to stop it. Next thing I know, he is starting to stick it inside of me and I was terrified, so I went into survival mode and my first thought was, oh my God, he's not, like I didn't think he was wearing a condom and I'm not on birth control, I'm not sexually active, you know? And so to protect myself after saying no, 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 and then eventually realizing that he was gonna do it one way or another, I said, get a condom. And that one step has haunted me for the rest of my life because it made me question. I mean, obviously I'd said no. Obviously he was doing it anyways. Logically, I know that it was just survival and that I'm not to blame. But having those words come out of my mouth made me question whether there was any sort of consent there. It really has uh, created so much blame in myself. And that's part of being a victim of sexual assault is that we so often blame ourselves. And it was so hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that I trusted this guy. I genuinely thought he was a good guy. How could I have allowed this to happen to myself? Was I wearing a shirt that was too low cut? Did I put off too much sexual flirtatious energy? Like, did I bring this on myself? 
So he ended up raping me and I don't really remember any of the details. Again, I was drugged. I was not functioning. There were little blips that I remember. Like I know that he like turned me over and like threw me around and stuff because I couldn't move myself. And so he did what he did. I don't remember what happened after that. I don't remember like when I left. I know that I went home and just felt devastated because again, I had been a virgin and this was so not, not the way that I foresaw losing my virginity to a man. It really haunted me and I blamed myself and I kept it a secret. You know, I tell my mom everything and I didn't even tell her because I was so ashamed. I didn't go and report it. I didn't go and get a rape kit. I didn't do anything. I just hid out, showered, scrubbed my body until it was raw and it was so devastating for me and again i couldn't even blame him because i was so deep in my own self-hatred in my own blaming of myself and there's the fight flight freeze but one thing that has been added to that that people don't talk about that much or maybe even know is fawn so it's fight flight freeze or fawn and that had been a term that I was not aware of, but that's exactly what I did. I wanted to try to make sense of what happened. So when he texted me later and was like, hey, I had a great time with you, like, you know, so much fun in bed and all of that stuff, I didn't call him out on it. I was just like, oh yeah, um, thanks for, you know, a fun time at the party. And I kept talking to him as if we were dating or something. And I wanted his approval. I wanted to pretend like this was maybe something I wanted or that I could, I, again, I was just so confused and I was trying to make sense of it. So I fawned and I wanted his approval and I wanted him to, make me think he actually was a good guy after all and maybe i didn't have to hate myself so much but of course doing that made me just even more confused and just hate myself even more and put the blame on myself even more and it was so difficult. I went into a deep depression after that and obviously it kind of goes without saying that I instantly went right back to my eating disorder. That had been my coping mechanism and this was so far beyond what I was able to handle emotionally. I needed to numb out and food, bulimia was my outlet for numbing out. So I instantly went right back into my eating disorder and obviously y'all know I struggled with that for years and years after that. But this whole incident was just so difficult for me to really wrap my head around. So if you have been sexually assaulted yourself, just know that you are not 
to blame. I don't care what happened. I don't care how short your skirt was. I don't care if you thought you wanted it at first and then changed your mind. I don't care what drugs, alcohol was in your system. It is not your fault. It is never, ever your fault. And I needed to figure that out for myself. But it's so weird because in the emotional scale, anger is higher than shame and guilt and whatnot. And you have to move up the emotional scale to get to neutral and then eventually happiness, joy, gratitude, like all of that. I could not even feel anger towards him. I hated myself. I blamed myself. Yet I could not bring myself to accept what had happened enough to be angry at him, which made me stuck. And I wasn't able to process what happened for a very, very, very long time. It wasn't until I finally told one friend and she was supportive, you know, she didn't really know how to handle it, but she was supportive. And then eventually her cousin came over and revealed to her that she was sexually assaulted. So my friend kind of privately went to me and said, hey, would you feel comfortable talking to my cousin about this? So that's when I spoke about it for the first time in a healing way. And that's when I started to find purpose through my pain, being able to support another woman, help her know that she was not alone and be there as a source of comfort and acknowledging that this was not her fault. And you know, it's funny because I was able to tell her that it wasn't her fault, yet I wasn't able to believe that about myself in my own instance. You want to know the craziest part is I eventually told my best friend, except I told her as if I had wanted it. I, uh, I, it, it's so embarrassing and it's so hard to understand, but I couldn't face the fact that I had allowed this to happen, that I had, quote, brought this on myself. And so I told her that we had sex and didn't tell her any of the bad details about it, which is crazy, you know? But it's so hard when you're a victim, you don't know how to navigate these things. You don't know how to talk about them. You don't know how to wrap your head around them. And that was what I did. And shortly after that, or maybe that was the catalyst of when I quit having faith and I had kind of been questioning religion, questioning Christianity for a while, just because I was so deep in my eating disorder and I had cried out to God time and time again, why can't you heal this eating disorder? I was so deep in it and I just couldn't get out. And so this Christian good guy that I went to ministry with and everything, how could he rape me and there still be a God? That's kind of when I started to really doubt. And I wouldn't say I was atheist because I wanted to believe in a higher power. I knew that there had to be something bigger than myself out there. I just couldn't understand what it was and how it could possibly have 
led me to this. After being such a good girl and trying to stay, quote, pure and everything that goes along with kind of the Christian mentality, the Christian morality and everything. So that really shook me up in every single way. Man, this is honestly kind of hard to talk about, but the more that you talk about these things, the easier it gets and the easier it is to understand that maybe, just maybe, it's not my fault. And put that blame on someone else and recognize that it was him and it was his own issues and it was not me. I did not bring this on myself, but still to this day, the fact that I said get a condom haunts me and makes me question what went through his mind and not knowing was it him that drugged me? Was it someone else at his frat party? Did he know about it? Like it was just so hard and at one point I think I actually kind of mentioned to him like I remember I was up at like two in the morning binging and he messaged me and I said to him like hey you yeah you know I I didn't want that and I don't remember exactly what he said he didn't take ownership at all but it was kind of like oh man okay well I'm sorry like that that happened to you and it I don't remember exactly what it was but I remember just feeling so like confused and just so uncertain about what would happen next in my life and I kind of I quit wearing makeup for a while I did not want any male attention it was really just such a hard time. And just know, I believe one in three women, college women are sexually assaulted. So just know that if you've been through anything like that, again, you are not alone. Please reach out, get support, know that I'm here for you. I have been sexually assaulted or raped two more times after that. And it's just, such a hard thing to navigate as a woman or a man. Men can get sexually assaulted as well. I think it's probably even harder for them to really process that and just know that you are not alone no matter what happened. It is not your fault. So it wasn't until last year that I actually started to tell people who it was. And I only told two people because I don't, I feel like the guy is just broken. And I think that law of attraction, we, this is going to be very hard for people to hear, but the law of attraction says that I brought this on myself. And that can be so triggering, but the fact that I had such a fear around sexuality after being sexually molested as a child and I had the repressed memory but I was a huge prude and I was very uncomfortable with my sexuality and I was terrified of being raped and then at the same time I had uh, I'm embarrassed to admit but I had this rape fantasy and I've mentioned that to one or two women and they said oh my gosh yeah i had a rape fantasy too like the idea of being so desired that someone is going to 
dominate you like god fuck what is wrong with the world like what is wrong with rape culture that that can be idolized or fantasized about and so the fact that i had such a deep fear around sexuality that i had it on such a pedestal that i wanted to wait until my first love that it was such a big ordeal in my own mind that law of attraction what you think about whether it's positive or negative even if it's something that you say oh my god i never 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 want that the fact that you are thinking about it draws it to you so i recognize now that i totally drew in all of my sexual assaults and it's it's so difficult to fully appreciate that or be okay with it but at the same time it's also empowering to know that i don't need to bring that on again there were lessons to be learned and i know that i've helped so many women through their own sexual assaults now and it kind of has made it all worth it i recognize that there truly is purpose in all of the pain that we go through there are lessons to be learned there this is just one of the many difficult lessons that i have been so fortunate to learn in my life so that is kind of what happened and then last year i got home and i had my spiritual awakening i started to do work on myself and i was finally ready to tell two people about it and it was more so I messaged this guy's best friend who was his roommate who I was really close with at the time and I asked him you know he doing like what is he doing in his life I was just so curious if he is in prison for rape or if like I wanted to hear that he was falling apart or you know I don't know exactly what I wanted to know I was just very curious so I messaged his best friend and asked and I told him exactly what had happened and again I said like I don't know who drugged me I don't know if it was him I'd like to believe that it wasn't him but I was raped and his response was unless there is some substantial evidence to prove that claim I find that so hard to believe it was him to do something like that he's never been that type of person and I've known him a very long time and that response and this guy has twin daughters he but that response made me feel like I was raped all over again I was devastated by it and this was you know a decade later it was so difficult to hear that and to feel like I was being blamed for lying or making this up when this has haunted me and traumatized me and affected me for the past decade since it happened so that is not not the way to handle it. If someone ever comes to you and says that they were sexually assaulted, give them the benefit of the doubt. Even if you don't believe it in your head, at least be there to support them. And that was extremely difficult for me. And I also told the girl who had been my best friend at the time, the one that I'd said that we had had sex and I had hidden the fact that I was actually raped by him and I told her 
and she wasn't surprised. Thank God she wasn't surprised. And I couldn't find her exact message, but it was so perfect. Like to the extent that it felt like she'd been trained on this sort of thing, but it was something like, I acknowledge you. I validate your feelings. I'm so sorry that you went through that. You know, I could tell that something was not quite right there and I should have dug in deeper. I should have been more supportive. And it's like, no, I was, I was in a place where I was so guarded back then. I was not willing to be vulnerable in my life back then. So I wouldn't have been as receptive to it. It was not her fault at all. And I needed to make that abundantly clear. But her response, the guy's response felt like I was raped all over again. And her response felt like a huge hug and like just a weight lifted off my shoulder to know that I had someone that believed in me. And it was just the contrast of the two different types of responses. It kind of got me curious and I did some research on advice for if someone ever comes to you and tells you that they've been sexually assaulted, here are a few things that you can say. First, say, I believe you. It took a lot of courage to tell me about this. It can be extremely difficult for survivors to come forward and share their story. And oftentimes they feel ashamed or concerned that they won't be believed or worried that they'll be blamed. And any question of why it happened or investigations is not your responsibility. Leave that to the experts, leave that to the police or whoever needs to investigate that sort of thing. That's not your responsibility. Simply acknowledge that you believe them and be careful not to interpret calmness as a sign that the event didn't occur because everyone responds differently to traumatic events. And the best thing you can do is just let them know that you believe them because that is probably the biggest fear. I think that just as bad as rape, rape is a terrible, terrible thing, obviously, but just as bad as that is the people that cry rape, that they lie, that they try to ruin someone's life simply because they were upset about something or hurt about whatever it might be. We live in a world, unfortunately, where it is he said, she said in many cases, and I think that the lies about sexual assault are just as damaging and just as needing to be punished because it's not okay to ruin an innocent guy's life, guy or girl's life, you know? And then the next thing that you should say is it's not your fault. You didn't do anything to deserve this because again, survivors tend to blame themselves, especially if they know the perpetrator personally. And nine times out of 10, I don't know the exact statistics, but majority, a large, large, large majority of the time, it is someone that they know. It's someone that they go to church with, in my case, or a neighbor or a coworker 
coworker or someone that they think they trust. I've mentioned that I have been sexually assaulted by two other guys and one was a guy, it was a date rape. It was a guy that I trusted. And then the other was an old coworker who was a friend who was the type of guy that was constantly posting on social media, all these positive motivational quotes and all these things about how he's bettering himself and such a good guy and like just so much bullshit. So often people, women, men, whatever, are blamed for how many drinks did you have? What were you wearing? Were you flirtatious? Did you lead him on in any way? What did you do to bring this on yourself? And that is such a damaging thing to make anyone feel like it was their fault at all because it is never, ever the victim's fault. And another thing to tell someone is that they are not alone. You are not alone and I care about you and I'm here to listen or help in any way I can. Let their survivor know that you are there for them and willing to listen to their story if they're comfortable sharing it. And assess if there are people in their life they feel comfortable going to and remind them that there are service providers like that hotline that I talked about who will be able to support them as they heal from their experience. I highly recommend going to therapy. You should not have to face this alone Alone. This is not something that we are meant to. We're, we don't know how to handle this sort of thing. And so just reach out, get the support that you need, and just know that you are not alone. Again, one in three college women are sexually assaulted. And I'm sure that so many more people, the fact that I've been sexually assaulted as many times as I have, and I'm 34 years old, you guys, like this is a very common thing. Just know, again, you are not alone. And then the final thing to say is that I'm sorry this happened. This shouldn't have happened to you. Acknowledge that the experience has affected their life. Phrases like this must have been really tough for you and I'm so glad you're sharing this with me. Help communicate empathy and that's all we want is to know that we have someone to turn to, that someone believes us, that someone can validate the fact that this was not our fault and that it shouldn't have happened to us and that it's something that kind of deserves sympathy or whatever you want to say about it. So anyways, I know that this episode was very heavy and I hope that you made it through and just know that I have found so much peace and healing in my life, in my journey. I understand that every single thing happens for a reason. And part of that is that I've been able to help so many other women at this point. I'm able to talk openly about my sexual assaults and kind of send up that smoke signal for other women to turn to me and say like, hey, this is my story. This is what I went through and I can hold your hand and I can let you know that again, you're not alone. You're never alone. So if you need that support, please DM me at Healthy Foodie TX or the Perfectly Broken Podcast. Thank you guys so much for sitting through this. I know that this was a really difficult episode, very raw, very... Um, yeah, just heavy. Heavy is the, the only word that really comes to mind for this is 
that this is something that's not talked about nearly enough. So if you got anything out of this episode, if you just learned a little bit more about how to handle it if someone ever comes to you with their own story of sexual assault, please DM me. Let me know that you got something out of it that really means the world to me, especially when I drop an episode that is this vulnerable and this difficult. It really helps me just to feel that support, know that it's all worth it, know that my voice matters and that I truly am finding purpose through the pain that I went through. And again, like we are all in this together and just know that I'm sending you all so much love and I hope you have a great day great rest of the week and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Hopefully it'll be a lighter episode for you. We'll see. All right. Bye y'all.